Welcome to the You Have a Body podcast. Two broads talking broadly about health. The physical, the emotional, the nitty-gritty, and the fun. Real thoughts on real health. The information provided within this podcast is not designed to and does not provide medical advice, professional diagnosis, opinion, treatment, or services to you or any other individual, and is intended for general information for educational purposes only. Welcome to You Have a Body Podcast, episode 62, interview with Taj Ruler. Taj! Hi. Yay! Hi! <laughs> Hello. Taj is here. You all know Taj as a million different things, because every week I name her as something different, but you also might know her as our producer. Our Mama. amazing producer. Yeah. But she's here for, as playing the role of more than just producer. She's also playing the role of super sleuth investigator of her own body yeah taj has had a pretty amazing uh journey with her health and body and food and nutrition so we had to get her on here yeah let's do like a group check-in let's check in with everybody yeah let's start with you taj oh start start with me how's your week so far so good yeah i can't complain i've you know weather has been nice uh (laughs) I just started rehearsals again um, for a holiday show. It's the last week of September, so that's Yuck. nothing like thinking about Christmas when it's 90 <laughs> degrees still. <laughs> just like every store. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. We're doing the retail thing. Oh, yeah. dang. And you went out to breakfast this morning. I did, and yeah. And where'd you go, and what did you have? Great question. Thank you. I went to breakfast this morning at Blackbird Cafe. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a big fan. And I got their Norski Scrambler, mm-hmm. and instead of hash browns, I got a fruit cup and a side of avocado. Yum! Oh my gosh! Super tasty. <laughs> and do you go for the cream cheese? Uh, I can't go for the cream cheese, no. No, you take it out. You say no. <laughs> I say no. Yeah, okay. Yep. That's what I wondered, because yep. you got to remove that cream. Yep, i got to get out of there. Bye. <laughs> get out. Get out. That sounds so good. It was delicious. Mm. It's got some salmon. Yeah, the Norski Scrambler is basically scrambled eggs mixed in with smoked salmon, and has dill on top, and then it usually comes with hash browns and toast, but I get it with a fruit cup, and I give my toast to my person that I'm with. Here's your toast. Here's your toast. It works out for everyone. Yeah. Yeah, yummy. Yum. Super tasty. Lucia, what about you? How was your week? Um, you know, I gotta say, the, the weather this week has been so much better than mm. last weekend. Last weekend, it got to me. <sighs> Tell me about it. I did not do well. I also had jumped the gun on taking out, like, my window AC unit a couple Mm. weeks ago. It's like, we're fine. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, spent one night. Does your house not have AC? No. Oh. What? (laughs) I know. Yeah, not everybody has central air, Hannah. So I only have central air because the airport paid for it. (laughs) There you go. Because I have, like, (laughs) thousands of tons of steel rolling over my house every day. Yeah. See, I'm just not that close to the airport. Yeah. So that's the key. Yeah. So I have a hot little house, and usually it's fine. I get some decent airflow, but and I barely even used my AC units this summer. Like maybe yeah. four or five times. It was good this summer. It was really nice. It was a nice summer. So I took them out, and then proceeded to last weekend. Finally put one back in after having a very hot night Friday night, and that and just recognizing that I could lift it, and it would be less effort and feel better just then to do it. Then sweating your brains out for nine hours a night. You know, sometimes you just feel so lazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, so that was my weekend, but this week has been really good. Yeah, yeah and the, just I feel like, actually, the other thing I'll say about that is that I noticed with a lot of people who are in the group nutrition challenges mm-hmm. that the weather, the like poor air quality, the humidity, the low barometric pressure, and then the heat 
that was really challenging for a lot of people mm-hmm. on the nutrition challenges who were in their like the tail end of their first week of changing up everything from a nutritional standpoint. So the I first, felt felt bad about that. First week's <laughs> the hardest. First week is the hardest. And I was like, really hard for you all. And by the way, you're going to get a bunch of migraines. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so good luck. Sorry. Sorry. But they're doing well now. Right. Um, Hannah, how was your week? Well, I did the Ragnar. Yes. Oh. Uh, I ran 18 miles over the course of 28 hours. Took our team 28 hours to complete it. On the hottest day, that Saturday. On the hottest day. It was Friday and Saturday. So Friday, it was like 104 degree um, heat index. No. Yeah, and it felt like I was wearing an old, hot wool blanket. The whole time, like wet, wool, hot blanket Uh. when I was running. It just felt like crumple. Like my shoulders were like, ugh. But then at night, I ran... Um, and initially I had a jacket on because it was kind of cool. Mm. But after like a quarter mile, I sh- <laughs> the jacket was just like around my waist for the rest of the time. But it was crazy because my night run, like last year I did Ragnar Road. And the night run was like at one in the morning, five miles in cornfields. So it was kind of crazy. But my mm. van was there the whole time. Like they, they would wait every like half mile for me to catch up and then like cheer me on. This year in the woods by yourself and your team is back at the campsite. So it's like pitch black because it was also a new moon. And I literally got my menstrual cycle during the middle of it. I was like, I am a witch. (laughs) (laughs) I'm bleeding under the the new moon. I'm free bleeding while I'm running like a primal wolf in the jungle. (laughs) Yeah. So I was running, you know, it was the eight mile run in the middle of the night. And it was like over rocks and stuff. Like it was boulders and like tree roots. It was very obstacle heavy mm. and very technical. Do you have a light? You have a headlamp, and then I also wear a body lamp and knuckle lights. Mm. The knuckle lights were like key. That's, that's great. Yeah, people actually midway through, like a whole group of people started following me because I was like oh, the most brightly lit. Leading the way with your knuckles. Yeah, it was good. Like my headlamp was so bright. Mm. It was one I bought for when I went to my solo cabin trip, and I was like, mm. I need light. <laughs> Um, so it was good. It was good. My body, I feel so fatigued this week just from like not sleeping for a full night, you know, just abandoning the idea of sleep for a full night. You can't really catch up just by just doing a regular night's sleep the next night. No. You just have to catch up for like five or six days afterwards. (laughs) So that's been that. It's catching up all week. Like I took the day off on Monday. I thought I was going to work out and I'm like, no. No way. Uh Uh-uh. I don't want to. And I ate like. Just so much food, so much meat. Mm. I don't know. The day after, I was just like, get me all the meat. Probably because also I was bleeding and whatever. I'm a wolf. Yeah, Yeah, and I needed it for spell casting. Sounds great. Yeah. (laughs) Just raw meat. Yep. (laughs) Under the new moon. (laughs) Yeah, yep. (laughs) Yep. It's like, (laughs) raw! So it was fun. I really recommend it to anybody who wants to try some, just testing the limits of their human abilities. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm not a runner. I mean, it's impressive. Like, seeing photos of your group and everyone who went out there, it's like, especially with that heat. Yeah. I think everyone was planning for it to be, like, end of September weather. Yeah, like, cool. It's so nice and crispy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, No. this was not. And we had a bunch, you know, we're all, like, weightlifters, so it's, like, 16 dump trunks, like, running through the woods. I don't know. At least that's how it feels for me. I feel like my legs weigh, like, 200 pounds each, so they're just, like, (laughs) Um, but, yeah. It was fun. Beat it. Like, but a lot of people fell. Ooh. On our team, only um, four people fell out of the 16. Because we had two teams of eight. Only four people fell really hard. 
and none of them like walked away with anything more than like bruises or scrapes. Yeah. But I saw a guy in front of me fall, like tumble head over and then Ooh. smash on his face. Oh. And he was like completely passed out on the side of the trail. There was blood all over the trail. Just because like people who run, I think fast, were just like sailing through, and there's so many obstacles on the ground. So people were falling left and right. Like by the end of the weekend when we were all leaving, I saw like multiple foot casts. Mm-hmm. Like, multiple people in braces, mm-hmm. um, on crutches, because they have medics there. Yeah. Um, Good. Like, with big, <laughs> cut of, yeah, yeah. big cuts on their faces. Like, this woman had a black eye all the way down to her lip. Like I mean, a trail run is so... I'm not a runner, but a trail run is so different than, like, yeah. a, a road run. Exactly. And so all these... I think it's like mountain actually, biking and city biking. Right. Completely different. I think doing CrossFit actually lends itself better to trail running and mountain biking, for example, because you're more a little bit more, like dynamic in your movement you're able to kind of catch yourself because yeah. agility and balance are like two of the things we work on pretty frequently in the gym so I feel more confident in my feet versus people who are just straight road runners they might be faster but they don't do anything but straight road runs so then they get onto a trail and they're like <laughs> flying all over the place I'm like ah no don't don't get hurt <laughs> come back so many people got hurt the dude in the oh, I'm sorry the dude in the campsite next to us had like had like ten stitches in his face. Oh. And his face was like because there's no showers and you know, it was just porta potties. You're doing the best you can to keep yourself clean, but his face like was bloody and then it's like he never quite cleaned it off. And he was like had a cut on his on his chin and like a big gash on his shoulder too. And dried like, blood face. Dude, go home. <laughs> like Pride call is done. someone go to home. pick you up. <laughs> He, I could hear him, like, talking to himself, being like, oh, should I finish the race? I'm like, Whoa. number one, if you're talking to yourself, it's over. Don't like, do it. Like, you're underhydrated, do you're, you're messed up. Your yeah. brains are coming out your forehead. You need to go home. You know, it's actually it's interesting. I feel like it could be something where there should be, like, a qualifier for people to feel like they can be able to do this. Are you intense. bleeding? You're done. <laughs> the qualifier is, like... Well, for, for the whole, like, whole slow event. Slow down. Like, yeah. I mean, honestly, pe- I think people just wanted to win, wanted to, like, do Oh, you their... win? <laughs> well, I mean, like, three teams win, and there's, like, 700. No, there's, like, 300 What do you teams. win? I don't know. We didn't win. <laughs> we got, like, 200, 230, or, I don't know, 200-and-something place out of 330 teams. Mm. So we're, like, you know, towards the middle bottom yeah. of finishing it. But we all didn't get hurt, and we had a great time. You're doing mm-hmm. it for fun. And it took us 28 hours. And it's supposed to take you, like, you know, 24 would be the ideal, I think. But lots of teams finished after us, like, 30 hours or whatever. Oh, can you imagine? Long weekend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So well, the, and one of our teams did better. I think one of our teams got, like, 150th place. That's good. And they finished in, like, 26 hours. We just had a couple hours after them to yeah. just keep going. Yeah. But... Yeah, the people that are trying to go fast, like, what? They're they're the ones who are falling. Because there's always people just, like, speeding by me on the trails, like, on your left! I'm like, okay, <laughs> see you in a minute when you, like, crash into a tree because it's pitch black. Oh, my God. Like, what there was no moon. There is no light. It was fun, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We but had overall, fun. We're good. We're we had good. a good time. Yeah. I, I like to challenge myself to those things, like, just infrequently. Sure. Every once, once a in year. A while. Yeah, yeah, once a year I like to do Ragnar. Yeah. And then I can just like sleep it off for the rest of the year. Yeah, there you go. You're ready for <laughs> the, the next whole year. year is just recovering. Yeah. <laughs> People are like, did you train? And I'm like, well, I recovered from last year. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I ran like four times this summer. Perfect. <laughs> uh, 
Well, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. You're always technically on the podcast. I'm always around. Yeah, because you are do the opener in case you recognize oh, yeah. his voice. I do. Yeah, you all hear Taj every week. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> because you do so much voiceover work, you probably forgot that you did this one. Uh, yeah. Tell us about your voiceover work. What do you want to know? Well, just like, I think probably people are like, what the heck is that like? Um, well, I, when I was in my early 20s, I, well, I've always wanted to do voiceovers, like as long as I can remember. But in my early 20s, I decided to take a class, a voiceover class. And then from that class, this person that taught it, uh, Beth Chaplin, she's amazing, was like, you should go to this agency um, and, you know, see if they will represent you. And I did. And they did, and there was I've been with them ever since, and they are amazing and awesome, and they helped me get uh, voiceover gigs around the cities. I've I've done anything from I've done some cartoons, and I've also more regularly do things like healthcare plans yeah, and yeah. Target ads, and um, I've done a lot for the YMCA. So I always get uh, people texting me like. Hey, I think I heard your friend Taj, or I think I saw your friend Taj, like in a commercial or a yeah. radio spot. <laughs> famous. I, I'm like, yes. I'm famous by association. Celeb status. Not really. <laughs> but yes. Okay, well, that's not why we're here anyway. Yeah. Let's get down to the nitty gritty. Let's. Um, we're here to talk about your diet. No. Yeah. Yeah. We're here to talk about food. <laughs> Um, so let's just start. Like, what has been? What was like the beginning of your of your food journey? Because you're oh, you've man. been on quite a journey for mm-hmm. the last few years. Yeah, I mean, where, where to begin? Where Where would you like me to start? How about like, why'd you change anything at all? Sure. Um. So at the end of 2014, taking it back. Yeah. Uh, I started to just really feel terrible. Um, I. Like, I mean, like, it was weird. It was like, I was fine, I was fine, I was fine, and then all of a sudden I was not okay. And the main things that were happening was I was having, like, constant, like, acute stomach pain. Yeah. Um, And it was, I mean, uh, well, if we're really going to get into it, like, it was really hard for me to keep anything in. I had to go to the bathroom, like, all of the time. So for a little while I was like, I just have a bug, and I just kind of tried to, like, work through it I was like maybe I have like some really weird food poisoning but then it just some like three month food poisoning well for like a good like I would say a month I thought like maybe there's just something in my system that needs to get out and yeah. I like did like my own kind of like makeshift terrible like you know my own diet thing where I was just like you know what I'm just gonna have a lot of water and I'm not gonna really eat anything and that'll like <laughs> cure my <laughs> cure my stomach issues yeah clear uh, out the system yeah clear out the system terrible don't do that um <laughs> It didn't help anyway. Um, and then finally I went to the doctor after like a month or so. And I was just like, hey, these are some of the symptoms that I'm having. And they were like, you're fine. Ugh. And I was like, okay. And they told me to take some like Imodium so I wouldn't go to the bathroom oh as much. Oh my God, what? Just plug it up. You'll yeah, be they were like, you probably just need like a reboot. But that was their version of like getting it rebooted, I guess. Interesting. Um, and then I decided not to do that. Um, and I so I started to get... Um, more symptoms but yeah I just like so I was going to the bathroom all the time and it was like there wasn't much of a warning to it yeah. if I had to go it was like I had to go now mm-hmm. and I had to be close to a bathroom otherwise I would I was very nervous that I wouldn't make it um, 
and that wasn't normal. And then there were other things that when I went to the bathroom were showing up that was like really terrifying. I thought yeah. I was dying. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went back to the doctor and they like did a bunch of blood work. And they're like, man, you're really healthy. And I was like, cool, but I'm clearly not yeah, healthy. But I feel so bad. Yeah. And I like was super sick. Like I, I've, you know, I lost a, a ton of weight and not in a good way. But then everybody kept being like, you look great. Mm. And I was like, I hate this. Yeah, um, right. So another three months went by of tests and nothing was coming back. Like everything they did, they like did stool samples. They did like blood work, more blood work. They, you know, tried to say it was psychosomatic even. They were like, maybe it's in your mind. (sighs) And so finally I like was like, I'm in so much pain that I can't seem to do much else. And then my GP was finally like, why don't you go to specifically a colon um, specialist? Because maybe it's something inside your butt. Yeah. Like, yeah. totally. Like a bug or something. Like a bug, like, or, yeah, some sort of, like, or maybe, like, they were thinking it was, like, terrible hemorrhoids that were, like, internal. Mm-hmm. So I went to the specialist, and they were like, you need to get a colonoscopy. And I was like, no. Please, don't make <laughs> don't me drink do that this. stuff. No one wants a colonoscopy. Nobody wants a colonoscopy. Nope. However, I will say, from my experience, at that moment in time, I was so much in pain that when I had to prep for the colonoscopy, I felt great. Because, mm. like, it was already kind of, like, a disaster for me. So I didn't have anything in my system, and it was kind of like my system was able to be like, <sighs> yeah, take yep. a minute. Yeah. Uh, colonoscopy itself, they put you kind of in a twilight sleep, so it was like, whatever. And that's when they finally um, realized how incredibly inflamed my colon was. Mm-hmm. I didn't – so fun fact, if you ever get a colonoscopy, you can watch your colonoscopy. Yeah. But you're also, like, not really present. <laughs> twilight. You're twilight. twilight so I was just like, what's this, like, red thing in front of me? Like, mm. But I all I remember is looking at the screen and, like, not knowing what I was seeing and hearing them, like, talk but not really hear anything. But apparently my colon looked – Insane. And they were like, oh no. Yeah, they were like, shit. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's bad. And then the doctor, I remember, told, told me, kind of, I remember that I had something called ulcerative colitis. And I didn't know what that meant. And I didn't know what that entailed. And I just thought, well, now I know what it is. Oh, I can thank just, goodness. yeah, I can just get it fixed, right. is what I thought. But, um, and it wasn't cancer, which was really what I was concerned about yep. at that point in time. I was like, I'm dying. This is it. Goodbye, everyone. Right. It's been really bad. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, it was so scary. I was so scared, especially because, like an idiot, I don't recommend anybody doing this for about two months of that time. I didn't tell anybody that I was having these issues. Yeah. I just was trying to deal with it by myself because it's embarrassing. Like, going to the bathroom, like, all the time is super embarrassing. Um, so, anyway, I finally got diagnosed with ulcerative colitis, which basically, for those of you uh, who don't know, um, my elevator pitch on that is yeah. really there are ulcers that form in my colon because of inflammation, and that causes a lot of pain because they're ulcers, mm-hmm. um, and it causes other things like you know having to go to the bathroom frequently because anything and everything at that t- point in time agitated it. So, um, so having a diagnosis was amazing, but also terrible because yeah. Then I knew what it was, and then I found out a little later that it's not something that can that you be, just get rid of. It's not. There's no cure for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really um, devastating uh, at the time, because I didn't. I still fully didn't understand it. You know, like I was kind of like in that process of grief. I was grieving my yeah, health. Right. Um, and at that point, I was like, I'm. I was in denial. I was like, no, I'll just. 
I'll just get something for it and it'll be fine. And yeah. It'll go away. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I really was, like, so the doctor told me that thing, that surgeon um, told me that, and then I got a phone call, like, a week later. So there was a week where nothing nothing happened. I was still back to being in pain because I was eating again. Mm. And it was just, like, the worst. So a week later I get a phone call being like, so we want to set you up with a GI specialist. In the meantime, and I, this person I never talked to before, they're like, in the meantime, we want you to go on a really high dose of pregnisone. Is that how you say it? Yep. Yeah, steroid. Yeah, yep. it's a steroid. And I had never, I was like, what does it do? They're like, oh, it'll help your symptom. But you should know that the, it's really a high dose and it will cause you to have new symptoms and side effects. Um. Uh, that's pretty common with pregnisone. And I said, I don't know if this was the right choice. But for me, I said no because I didn't know this person. I didn't, it didn't feel like I was being really taken care of. Yeah, they were just telling. I've been on prednisone many times. Yeah. It's like a, I think it's a Band-Aid that they throw on a lot of problems. Yeah. Like, oh, your lungs hurt and you can't, like, sleep at night. How about some prednisone? Yeah. It's It's to manage a symptom yeah exactly. it's a symptom of inflammation yes. instead of that deeper yeah. reason of why am I so inflamed and I think that's what they were trying to do anyway they were trying to like just like get it more managed for me and but the way they went about it it was so like they just didn't know who I was I'd never talked to this person before yeah. how was I supposed to trust them with my body yeah right. so at that point that was when I really started to take things into my own hands and I like went online, did a lot of research about ulcerative colitis in general, and I started to look into more um, diet-based research of, like, what could I do with the food that I'm taking in to help me with this thing that I didn't know what to do with. Um, Also, when I did – so I did make an appointment, though, to make a GI – to meet a GI specialist, and they couldn't get me in for another month. So Um. I decided not to take prednisone for another month. I was – in chronic pain every day um, and just trying to manage the best I could. Wow. Um, but I did see a nutritionist at that point in time. She was really helpful and we did like an elimination diet to just try to like see if I could get my system kind of like back in gear. It was helpful but it wasn't like, it didn't cure anything or right. really make me feel that much better. So you were just so inflamed at that point. Yeah. I mean anything and everything was just like a disaster. And I didn't know what I could and couldn't really handle. Yeah. Um, I did a big allergy test, and so some things came back where it was like, these are things that you should avoid, or they're they're sensitive, so don't go, don't eat these things. But they weren't that many things. Yeah. And have you found that to be even accurate, like, no. now that you've moved into the... Yeah, yeah. Nope. It's not really accurate at all. And was meeting with that nutritionist, was that, were the doctors also kind of recommending that, or was that nope. part of you that was me. taking it into your My own My doctors, not at, never, still at this point, has never recommended uh a nutritionist to me. Oh, it's so sad. It was very frustrating. They did recommend acupuncture. I'll give Mm. them that. But Mm. that was about it. Yeah. Um, And that was for pain, not for anything else. So I went and saw my GI specialist, and they put me on – so I told them, I was like, I don't want to go on a steroid if it's at all possible – is there are there other options that we can try first? Mm. And he was like, "Yeah, there's a ton of options." I was like, "What do you mean? Nobody told me there was other options right. that I could have." There's still anti-inflammatory medication, but it's not a steroid, right? So and those steroids will mess with your sleep. They yeah. make you feel very lethargic yep. or like up at the, you're awake at the wrong time. Yeah, and, and there's like other like symptoms that come up, like you know, there there's just a lot of like different things that can come into play. 
Um, so I went on this anti-inflammatory medication called uh, methalamine, methalamine, and I'm still on it. I'm on a different version than I was uh, when I first started. But um, that definitely helped a lot. I was still having symptoms. I was still kind of in pain, but, like, it was more manageable um, at that point in time. But it didn't – it wasn't still a cure. Mm-hmm. I was, like – and at that point, I had a little bit of a – I don't know, again, in that stage of grief of, like, I feel – I've resigned myself to yeah. this is it. This is how I'll be, and I will make do with what I have. Yeah, I'll just eat whatever I want and just be in pain because this is how it's going to be. Kind of, yeah. And so, or like not eat the things that were on that allergy list. Like, sure. And just like try to like do that. Um, and that was like, it was okay for, I don't want to say it was like great, but it was more manageable. Um, at least in my mind. Looking back, it wasn't at all. Yeah. I, I didn't in have anything. In to comparison now. to now, it wasn't manageable at all. But at the time, I was like, this is better than it was. Yeah. I'm not in the pain that I – I'll never be in the pain that I was in prior to being diagnosed. Yeah. So that was, like, a benefit. But I was still having symptoms. So for a little bit, I did go on a steroid that was specifically for ulcerative colitis. That wasn't just, like, a general prednisone okay, type thing. Yeah. And the side effects were very minimal. It was mostly headaches. And, like, not terrible headaches, which sometimes I got – turns out from being dehydrated because like <laughs> right. if you go to the bathroom all the time you get very dehydrated sure. um so yeah but then like after about oh my gosh I don't know Lucia when did we start <laughs> seeing one another probably like a, a year and a half ago yeah maybe I want yeah. to say so a year and a half ago maybe even a little bit more than that yeah because yeah. I was diagnosed officially in March of 2015 mm. um so yeah I would say about Wow, that's such a long process. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a long six months. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then continuing it after that diagnosis. Right. Um, but then I started seeing Lucia, another nutritionist. Uh, and I don't know. It was very life-changing for me. So thank you, Lucia. Yeah, oh, thank you. <laughs> um, and Hannah definitely recommended I see you. So that was really awesome. And from there, like, I felt like things started to get more and more under control. Like, I felt like I had a better knowledge of food. And what went into my body and, like, um, like figuring out new ways of, like, eliminating things but not feeling like I was, like, I had no options or choices. So that was really cool. Yeah, um, kind of, like, reconceptualizing how foods are working in your system. Yeah. Because it can be so scary, especially with different diagnoses, to yeah. feel like you're... Res- like your whole life is going to be restricted yeah. or is restrictive. Or yeah. I feel like, oh, I'm different than everybody else now. Yeah. yeah. It was it was a lot of that. And it, at the time, and still a little bit, but like for sure at the time I felt very alone. Like it was a thing that like I knew people that had Crohn's and I knew people that had celiacs, but I had never met anybody that had ulcerative colitis. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know it was a thing um, until I was diagnosed. Uh, and it was just really hard and felt like, it was something that was always on my mind and something that was, like, bringing me, you know, a lot of pain and uh, struggle, whether it was because I was physically in pain or, like, I emotionally was, like, really distraught all the time thinking about, like, if I go out to this party and I eat something, when will I have to go to the bathroom? Is there going to be a bathroom that is going to be, ex- like, ex- I don't know, like, in a like close vicinity? Yeah. You know? Somewhere you're comfortable going. Like, I didn't feel like I could go on long walks. Right. Like, because I was just like, what if I have to go to the bathroom? There's no option for me. Um, And that was really, that was really hard. And, you know, there's something when you have ulcerative colitis, they call them flares. 
So, like, I would be okay or, like, I wouldn't be as much in pain and I feel like I had a handle on things. And then all of a sudden I would have a flare, which means I would have to go to the bathroom, like, up to, I don't know, sometimes 20 times a day. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was constant. And even if I didn't really have to go to the bathroom, it felt like I had to go to the bathroom. And I didn't want to risk it being like, is this the time I have to go? (laughs) Yeah. Or is this the time that's just, like, just kidding. Is this the time I'm going to take a chance? Yeah, exactly. I didn't want to take a chance. So how frequently would you say those flares would kind of come and go? Is it weekly or yeah, monthly? weekly? Weekly. Yep. I would have a couple of days where I wouldn't have anything and it would feel amazing. And then I would have a flare and it felt like everything was the worst again. Yeah. And it felt like all the progress that I thought I was making in a couple of days was yeah. gone. But like accumulatively, I felt like I was doing all the right things. I was eating all the right stuff or like I was, you know, drinking lots of water, or whatever, and it still was happening. Um but then I discovered a uh, – Lucia helped me uh, with this new diet called um, SCD, which stands for Specific Carbohydrates Diet, and that has genuinely been life-changing for me. Um, yeah. <laughs> so can you give us, like, the outline of how – what are the basic protocols for the SCD? Yeah, it's basically – specific carbohydrates diet meaning that it takes away pretty much all kind of carbs um and hard starches to process and break down so things that and it's a pretty intense and elaborate list which is awesome because it means that i have choices still but like in general it cuts out all gluten for sure it takes out dairy most dairy i shouldn't say all dairy it takes out most dairy but it takes out like even some vegetables like sweet potatoes, po- regular potatoes, um, rice, any kind of grain. Like tubular ones like um, uh, yeah. yucca and yep. stuff like that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Those are all out. And then, yeah, any kind of grain like quinoa, rice, uh, barley, I don't know. What mm-hmm. other grains are there? All the grains. All the grains. All, all, all the grains. grains. All yep. of the grains. Yep. So, Oats. Yeah, all, all those grains are complex carbohydrates, yeah. and really what that SCD diet is doing is saying if you are getting a carbohydrate, it has to be really, really easy to break down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So basically, I eat lots of meat and vegetables. And nuts and seeds? Nuts and seeds are okay. Uh, seeds, uh, after three months, it says on the SCD diet, you okay. can introduce so seeds again. So at first, you're so at kind first, of cleaning everything out. Yeah, at first I was doing a really strict diet of SCD Meaning that, like, yeah, I was mostly doing, like, I could have fruits, I could have vegetables, and I could have meat. And even from there, I had to be limited in some of the choices that I was making. Not so much with meat, but I personally, myself, uh, don't eat red meat. So I mostly was having, like, chicken. Fish and chicken. Fish and chicken. (laughs) Yeah. Some turkey. Lots of chicken. Lots of chicken. And eggs. And eggs. Eggs. (laughs) I love eggs. That's great. eggs every day. And that's okay on SCD. Yeah. Because it's like, and then there's also the autoimmune protocol, which is like, no No eggs. eggs. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not on an autoimmune protocol, but I'm definitely, yeah. So I could have eggs. Thank goodness. Because, like, I remember when I was first diagnosed, too, like, and really doing that elimination diet, like, all I was eating were, like, eggs. And I could have avocados mm. and peaches. Mm. And that was, like, pretty much all I could eat. The trifecta. For, like, a week. <laughs> um, but, yeah. I felt like one week when you were, sam- when you were like, trying to figure it out, you were, like, only eating, like, white rice or something. There was, like, yeah. all sorts of things that you were trying to do. Yeah. Yep. So, um, would you say that going on SCD has sort of, like, reignited your love of cooking? Yes. In fact, I love 
cooking more now than I ever did before. My mom uh, is a professional chef, so like I grew up with really good food and I always had a love and appreciation for food, but I personally myself never really cooked. Like there were a couple of things that like, I knew how to cook, but I actually loved going out to eat. And that was a big thing when I got diagnosed, like I couldn't really go out. And that's when I realized that food was so social. I didn't really put <sighs> yeah. that together until I got sick and then I was like people would want to go out to lunch or dinner and I was like I can't mm. and there was a good period of time where I literally couldn't eat anywhere because a big thing also are different oils weren't uh, easy for me to process and break down and I you know when at restaurants you just don't know what right. type you, of oils you don't know and probably you can assume it's like canola or yeah, some, some other yeah. amalgamation of vegetable exactly oil. Yeah. and I was really trying to avoid all those things um, so yeah that was a really big uh like blow but that's not the case so much anymore which <laughs> yeah. is great yay Yay! also so many more I mean just even in the last year mm-hmm. so many more restaurants are like oh we're flexible in this way we'll make this for you we'll do yeah. this for you like we'll help yeah I feel like I mean as much as it like can be annoying like the trend of like people going gluten-free and like even grain-free now dairy is like free. dairy-free like yeah. has been so incredibly helpful for me who really needs to do that right if there's more of that like true medical need yes thank yeah. you that's the words I was looking yep. for thank you so what are some things you do to, like, plan ahead, knowing that you're not always going to be in a situation where you can get, like, your hands on something that you need? Knowing that it's also on SCD, not that easy to just go to, like, like, you can't necessarily just go to a gas station and pick up a bag of nuts. Nope. Um, like, it has to be more specific than that, even. So yep. how do you how do you plan ahead? Um, that is still something that I, like, have to work on. Um, but I, I do a lot of food prepping now where I will go to the grocery store and, like, just, like, know... I know all the things now that will for sure not hurt my body. And I will get those things and cook those things and then just, like, have them for my meals and stuff. And there are a lot of, like, snack snacky items that I can have. Like, Lara bars are incredible. Mm. RX bars are great. Um, I can make my own trail mix. So, like, I know there's, like... I can just get, like, some raw cashews and almonds and, like raisins and stuff like that and I can put those in like a mix and have that but I always come prepared like I always have food with me because one thing that was so hard was like I would go to like a gathering of people and they would have like pizza and I was like yeah I can't do it I, and that is something that's that I, like I mean pizza that's like pff, yeah that's treading down three dangerous paths I yeah uh, maybe four maybe five yeah <laughs> I and I, I, it was weird. The one thing that I really started to crave after I got sick was pizza. I remember you made like a, what the heck was that? A grain-free pizza. It was a grain-free pizza, but like, what was that crust? It was something, it was like maybe a yuca crust that you made at home or something uh, that you brought? No, I, I think I probably made a, a crust out of like nuts, based, nut space. Oh yeah, flowers. I think you brought a nut flour crust to our yep. house and we had like a pizza party. Yep. Mm. I just made it the other night. I literally on Tuesday, I was like, I'm making a pizza <laughs> for myself. Um, Do you have goat's cheese or sheep's cheese? So on SCD, actually, you can have harder cheeses. Like Parmesan. Um, like Parmesan or cheddar. I, you guys were just talking about yep, this the other yes. day. Um, everybody should check out that episode. <laughs> Great. But yeah, um, I can have like those harder cheeses. Like cheddar does not bother me. Parmesan does not bother me. I would, I'm... I'm in a place right now where I'm starting to try to test new things back into my diet, but I haven't done that yet. So I had just, like, it's basically, like, I made this crust, um, and then I put, like, tomato sauce, 
and then cheddar cheese, and then I topped it with caramelized onions and olives. Ooh. Yum. Um, yummy. Yes. It feels so good. It was so good. And, and you just eat it all at once. That's the thing about prepping your food. Oh, like, I know. It's gone in like 14 seconds. Yeah. yeah. Right there. <gasps> I drank that pizza. Yeah. I, I did have to like, I sometimes have to put it away immediately, because if it's out of my mind, it'll, or like out of my sight, it'll be out of my mind. But that is also the other thing that I really struggle with, because like for so long I couldn't eat anything it felt like. And so portion controls are still a bit of a challenge. And on SCD, because you're not getting a lot of carbs, I'm kind of always hungry because, yeah. you know, it's really good food, but it doesn't feel very filling all the time. So right. Yeah, you don't get to, like, pack a little extra punch with some potatoes or something like Mm-mm. that. So I'm usually, like, I just ate, and I'm like, when do I get to eat again? <laughs> yeah. May I recommend high-fat fish? Yeah? Like, sushi-grade high-fat, like, Ono or um, tuna. Like, the other night, I was just, like, dying. Mm-hmm. I was at the gym so late, and I'm like, I don't have any food. I really don't want to, like, go to the co-op and spend a gillion dollars yeah. trying to get something I can eat. And sometimes at the co-op, you're like, shit out of luck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're trying to look for sometimes, something. It's yeah. like, oh, here's nine types of rice. You're like, thanks. Yeah, and they're like, they're all organic yeah. and, and mostly grown. And like, canola oil. oil. Yeah, and yeah, canola oil. oil. And they all have sugar. Yeah. The sugar's organic, I guess. But uh, anyway. That is something that is so frustrating is how much sugar is in everything. Because sugar yeah. is out completely on SCD. Like, you can't have even, like, coconut sugar or anything. Yeah. Like, the only sort of sweetener you can have is honey. Or dates. You and no maple dates. syrup, right? Or no maple syrup. Okay, nope. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I went to Coastal Seafoods and I got a half pound of raw sushi-grade mm. um, ahi tuna. Yeah. And I used, like, a plastic fork and knife in my office <laughs> and just, like, cut it into pieces <laughs> and, like, sprinkled some salt on. And I, it was really filling. Was it? Yum. Okay. That sounds and great. And I, I needed it to tide me over for the rest of the night. And I, yeah. I got home and I was like, I feel great. Good. That's awesome. Because it's super fatty. Yeah. So with everything that you've been playing around with, with food, especially mm-hmm. since February, yeah. I know that you started an Instagram. Yes. I did. Can you tell everyone yeah. the name of it? It's called Gluten on the Fritz. And... You guys get it? Like, putting on the Ritz? It took me four months to understand that. Really? <laughs> yeah, Hannah literally the other day was like, oh, oh. I just got it. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. I was like, ha, oh, glue on the Ritz. I get it. Because, like, putting on the like, Ritz? No. Cause at first I was like, because, like, your body, because if she had gluten, her body would be on the Ritz. <laughs> I mean, that too. Yeah, it's like, it's good in multiple ways. Yeah, it's a, you know what? It's I'm a layered. I'm a comedian. Yeah, it's a layered joke. Yeah. That, that, you know, that's joke what that I was going yeah, to That second layer peeled away yeah. many months yeah. later. Yeah. I was literally in my house like, ha! Oh! I get it. She got it. She's there. Putin um, on the Ritz. Yep, yep, that's it. Um, yeah, I started that when I started uh, SCD. Mostly because I was in a place where I was like, this will help me uh, motivate myself to, like, start to embrace food again as a friend and not a foe, Mm. which up until this point felt like it was a foe. And you know what's interesting? I think back before I was, you know, even diagnosed when I was just eating whatever I wanted – you know, we I realize so much now that everybody has food things. Like, we all struggle in some way or, like, we all want, like, you know – we just have food things. I don't know what they are. Sure do. But I but I for sure did too on a completely different level. And, you know, it, I say this often, but I'll say it on this too. Like, you know, I was the sickest I've ever been, but it also made me the healthiest I've ever been in my life. Right. Like, it really allowed me to, 
listen to my body where I wasn't before. And there were like, I think now looking back more signs that something was wrong with me. Way earlier. Way earlier. Like I had like, you know, I'm trying to think of like some examples, but like, I guess I had some stomach things that happened before that like were like a day where I was like, wow, that was weird, but oh well. But like my skin are, is was really dry. And when I, I was, when I was like, 17 or 18, I was diagnosed with psoriasis, mm. but psoriasis is genetic, Yeah, and nobody in my family has it. Mm. And I was like, are you sure this is what it is? And they were like, yeah, that's definitely it. I, we recognize that. <laughs> psoriasis As is so, such a general term. It basically means like skin stuff. Yeah, and that's like, like a little mm. bit deeper than eczema, do yeah. you know what I mean? And yeah. I was like, that doesn't feel right. And so now looking back, and now also looking at the symptoms. Is it gone now? It's way better. Yeah. Like, I still have a little bit. But one of the signs, like an early, early sign of UC is dry patches of skin. Oh. And I was like, are you kidding me? Not that they probably would have been able to diagnose they me at like, that point. They would have been like, here's some cream. Yeah. And they gave me a lot of topical cream, like a lot of, like, steroid-based creams, like yeah. um, cortisone and stuff like that, that worked great for topical stuff. But then I started taking this anti-inflammatory medication, and most of that dry skin went away. Yeah. And also... your skin was like... Ah, yeah. So nice. Yeah, yeah. you know. Because you forget your skin is an organ. Like, yeah. it's reflecting what's happening on the exactly. inside. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's still something that I was just talking with Lucia, actually, uh, this week, about, like, I still have some dry skin stuff going on. And, like, I've really upped my intake of water. Like, I'm now drinking the like more than allotted amount in a day for my body yeah which I wasn't before and I was like why do I keep getting migraines (laughs) um and I didn't know that I was just so dehydrated before like I how I was like in a drought in my own body and I had no idea yeah um and you're not alone in that I know that like that is so number one thing for so many people and it's it's something that like, we all know we should drink water. Right. But, like, what actually, actually doing is such a different thing. Yeah. And, and what it feels like when we're not getting mm-hmm. enough water can be so hard to pinpoint. Yeah. So kudos to you for really recognizing that. Thanks. Yeah, it feels um, it feels so much better now drinking all the water that I drink. Although I do have to pee. You do drink constantly. all the water. Yeah. I'd, sometimes I'll just be sitting across from you and then suddenly, like, a water bottle peels out of nowhere. <laughs> and you're just like, <laughs> you're making one And water. my water bottle is and so loud. It's so loud. It has a very I'm specific. Do it. Okay, I'm do it. Shut I'll put it on the air. It has so. It also has a very specific look of yeah. like head tilt, full I, head tilt. I do. I have a very specific way of drinking water, but you can't see it. But you can I'll, tell. I'll listen. You'll listen to it. <laughs> That's how you know Taj is hydrated. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good. But sound. it is a very specific. <laughs> it is. So you're just like, oh, so Taj, how's your week? <laughs> <laughs> and the next thing you know, she's just like guzzling from a bottle. Like, and then she like opens her app. Yeah, her I have phone. a stupid app called Plant Nanny. Yes. And thank you, Lucia, for that introduction as well. It's I'm so definitely stupid. gonna download that app. You gotta download it's the this best app. Stupid app. It's, it's the so best good. stupid app in the world, but it's genuinely helped me. It's like a game. It's almost like a Tamagotchi. Yeah, tell where like you what have is. like a little plant, and so you put in like how much water, like your body weight, and it tells you how much water you should drink via that. Although we talked about, like, it's, was it up, like... It's a little, I think it's a little high in the recommendations, but it still gives you generally for, like, your body weight and height mm-hmm. and activity level, I think, um, how much, how many ounces of water you can be aiming to drink per day. Yeah. So, I have mine, and basically, my water bottle that's so loud, I have to drink, like, four of those a day. Um, yeah. And it's 27 ounces um, in this water bottle. But... 
it's great because throughout the day, one, it will remind me. It'll be like, your plant is thirsty. And then I'll be like, oh, got to chug some water. And then you'll hear my glug glug sounds throughout <laughs> the day. And then. What, hap- uh, what happens if you don't drink the water? Well, what happens to your plant? Oh. Uh. He, or he looks really sad. Like first, like, first he'll be like so crying. And he's like, help me. I'm so thirsty. <laughs> and then it'll warn you to be like, if you don't drink enough water in the next like 12 hours, your plant is going to die. And so I'm like chugging water to like make sure that it'll be okay. But then like those plants will grow up and it's like, you can plant me now. And then after that, you you get a new plant and it's the same process. Um, but shockingly, it works It works for me. It's so motivating. It's, You're taking care of a little creature. Yeah. I definitely was a huge fan of Tamagotchis, and it, that's mm. what it feels like. It feels like I'm taking care of a, a new Tamagotchi. But your batteries won't die. But your batteries won't die, or you don't have to, like, restart it with a pin. Oh. Like, and, you, and you most likely aren't going to leave it at home. No, and it doesn't phone. poop, which is another thing I remember right? the Tamagotchi does. Oh, like, you had to clean up the poop. Yeah. God, it was just, like, four pixels. Like, yeah, it was four pixels. Four pixels, and you just had to, like, you had so to much feed work it, for those four. You had to make sure it went to bed, and, and it, you could play with it. Oh. Always died. It always died. Okay, Every I remember time. when you could make it like chronically exhausted yes. if you like kept it up for too long and it would be like, I'm so tired. And then it would die. Yeah. Yep. And then you'd have to use the pin to restart it because oh. it'd be dead. Yep. Um, that's not like this. I mean, <laughs> other than the fact that you're trying to keep something alive. And they're really cute little stupid plants. They're so stupid. Like sometimes when a plant first starts, it's just like two little eyeballs. Yeah. It's like beep, beep. And you you can like, you like develop seeds over time for like good, you know, good work, like keeping little plants alive. So then you can buy new plants and new pots. Yep. Mm -hmm. Get a lot of variety. Lucia knows. I sure do. I wish this translated to real plants with real new pots. That'd be cool. I wish. Do you feel like with with starting your Instagram and mm-hmm. kind of diving into more of like the online world of SCD specific carbohydrate diets and looking up recipes yeah is there is there a community out there is there somewhere for people who feel like they yes. are like newly diagnosed with this can go yeah a hundred percent I I was shocked to find how many people were on this diet I had no idea it was even a diet until <laughs> recently yeah and then when you google it, it's like Holy shit, there's Holy so shit, there's many so resources. Much. And that have been around for a long time yeah. and I've never heard of. Yep. Like, paleo is definitely a bigger thing. Like, most people now know what paleo is. But SCD is not one of those, like, common vernacular terms at this point Well, because people don't do SCD to lose weight. Yeah. They do it as a treatment. Yep. As, like, a therapy for their bodies. Yep. So it's oh, not as hype. Yeah. Like. Yeah, there's a huge community of people that have ulcerative colitis. Crohn's is massive. Mm-hmm. Like, the Crohn's diet, like, or just, like, people using SCD for Crohn's and stuff like that. And also celiacs. Um, but just, like, typing it autoimmune, like, hashtag autoimmune or autoimmune, yep. like, friendly autoimmune fighter, like, on, like, the hashtags. So many, pop, like, sites pop up or Instagrams pop up of, like, amazing recipes and yes it's so awesome because then you're like i'm gonna try making these crazy brownies out of like what carob powder exactly yeah exactly there are a lot of things like that a lot of treats which i feel like that was the thing i'm like really missed out on pizza for sure but also just like having like a sweet snack of like a brownie or um cookies like it's or like different. A fucking birthday cake. Yeah. Yep. Like on your birthday, yep. getting to have a birthday cake yep. is like really socially important. Yeah. Something special about it. And I, mean, I and I haven't had one in a couple of years because it's just not this year. This year. <laughs> I did ask somebody to make me a cake this yeah. year. So you already like, asked somebody. I did ask okay. somebody. We can talk I'll about it later. Yeah. No, no, no. You can. Uh, I will cake. take. I will take <laughs> two cakes. I'll make something different. That's not a cake. You can That's make like a cake. Also, 
that I'll make something that pairs really well with the cake. Okay, great, Ooh, great, yum. great. I love ice cream too. So uh, <laughs> I think it, and a lot of what you're saying too is that it's so liberating. Like mm. even though there's this restriction yeah. of the SCD diet, and there's stuff that you can't have right now, or stuff that will play around with at some yeah. point later on to see how it feels uniquely for you. Mm-hmm. That there's especially with like this. Um, the internet mm-hmm. and being able to hashtag something or find different groups of people that there is that flexibility to yeah. turn this from diet into lifestyle yeah that was that was a really big moment for me too was realizing it it is a lifestyle change and I changed my lifestyle and it is now something I genuinely enjoy and like to think about and as opposed to like dreading thinking about mm-hmm. like I used to be like so excited when I would be like oh I wasn't thinking about it for like 30 minutes yeah I was thinking about something else that was a victory because it was something that was so constantly in my mind having 30 minutes of like something else to think about was a relief I watched a lot of tv when I I watch a lot of tv period but like when I was first diagnosed I like that was like my escape from everything it like helped me not think about the pain that I was in or the food that I was potentially going to put in my body the bathroom trips that would inevitably follow that you know time after I ate I would just watch TV and it was like a nice little like haven. Mm. And now it's like when I think about food, I get excited and joyful because I get to go and make the food myself and I get to talk to a bunch of different people, a community of people that also love food, that use it for, you know, their own like uh, healing journey in what their autoimmune, you know, disorder path. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah. What would be the top three resources online that you would recommend to people? for like recipes or just for like a community like what where where, where are your online haunts i recommend lucia oh <laughs> i do though all right real. i'll take that Thanks. yeah no for real uh that it's nice to have somebody like one-on-one to like really like talk to about these things other online resources um there's a, a woman um her name is danielle walker yep. Yep. yeah danielle walker i usually just call her against all grain because yep. that's her like um, it's her website. That's her website, and those are her books. But she, yeah, Daniel Walker, Against All Grain, and she has some incredible recipes. So good. So good of all varieties. Like, she does just paleo. She does Whole30. She does uh, SCD, which is what I really, like, grew to love her for. Um, I have all of her cookbooks now. Like, <laughs> it's incredible. Um, that's my number one recommendation online because – she posts stuff every single day and she posts new stuff on her blog that's different from her book so like you don't have to have her books to still get a really big variety of food and recipes yeah but the books are are insane too they're like little dictionaries of deliciousness yeah (laughs) and she like does awesome things like in the back of one of her books called meal meals made simple she has a tear out like food plan an eight-week like food prep plan so it's like use these recipes and then she has a grocery list of all the things you need to buy for that week and it's really nice so you can just like literally check them off if you want to make that meal plan and I do a lot of subbing because she'll use meat that I don't use or stuff like that but I'll just like sub out a different meat and it's like the same Mm. type of recipe and it's great um I'm trying to think there's another one um that I recently have found oh Give me a second to think about what the name of it is. Have you used Every Last Bite? That's what it is. Thank okay, you. Yeah. It's Every Last Bite. Yeah. Because I think I just like maybe screenshotted it recently and was like, Durr, you got to look at this. Yeah, no. Every Last Bite is incredible. And they also are. And it's like Every Last Bite 1, right? Yep. That's it's the... Every Last Bite 1. On Instagram. On yeah. Instagram. Um, 
and it's just so great. They make a lot of like savory dishes, but their um their sweets are also incredible. Mm-hmm. And it's all SCD. Like there are very few recipes that aren't SCD and also dairy free and are grain free and blah blah blah. But like it's most of the time if you have one, it's gonna be the other, which is really nice. So if you have a you know a or if you're lactose intolerant, like a lot of these recipes are great for that because they use different things. But it tastes like the real deal. Yeah, it's not sad, like, right. villain no. food. It's yeah. actual real dishes yeah. that are in themselves really tasty. Yeah. yeah. And I've realized also for myself that my taste buds have changed. So what tastes like a completely normal thing to me, other people eat, they're like, it's really tasty, but it's not this. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, people are always like, oh, it, this isn't very sweet. I'm like, it's so sweet. Yeah, it's so incredibly sweet. That is something like, so I really haven't had much sugar in my diet since starting SCD, um, other than honey. But every once in a while, I'll treat myself. I'll have, like, an ice cream that, like, there's a couple places that have dairy-free ice cream in town. And milk jam! Milk jam being one of them. But they still use sugar. Like, yeah. straight oh, up real so sugar. So much sugar. So much sugar. But it is, wow, is it, but it's such a treat. And I know I can you have it now. You don't even need that much to get the full impact. Nope, I just have, like, one scoop, and I feel fantastic. Mm. Um, and it's the nice, like, little boost for me knowing that I can have these things and not get the symptoms that I would normally have gotten in the past. Right. Um, I think that's so heartening, too, for people who might be, like, on the on the new side of a similar yeah, journey or the better. same journey, is that if you, if you can stick with all these healing foods and have them be kind of your fallback foods over time, that's, that's likely going to be pretty healing yeah, for the body and that yeah. you can start to feel like you have some flexibility for foods that are maybe a little bit more off plan or off the structure yeah and how your body can then handle those mm-hmm. yeah it's great do you read healthful pursuit do you use that as well i don't know healthful pursuit oh she's aip like okay i don't know if she does scd stuff but it's aip there's a lot of egg free recipes too well, in there I'm but you gotta it. look up healthful pursuit mm-hmm. also can okay. we just give a shout out to sassy spoon up in here i was just about to say if you are in the twin cities area Sassy Spoon is an incredible restaurant that's all gluten-free. So if you're celiac, you are, like, on – you can have literally anything on the menu. Um, if you are uh, if you are doing SCD, there are still a ton of options. Like, you can opt out rice and get cauliflower rice. Um, they have all sorts of milk replacements. They have all sorts of milk replacements. You don't – like, they – and they'll say on the menu, like, it'll be, like, grain-free, dairy-free. It'll say it right on there. So you don't even have to, like, worry about it. I've had to call and ask about a couple of things, like, because I try to avoid soy. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are, are a few things on the menu that use soy, but not a lot. And they'll tell you. Like, they're very, like, you know, accessible. They want to make sure that you aren't getting yeah. anything that's going to hurt you. Yeah. They so. serve a waffle. Oh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Can we all like, take a moment for the waffle? Yeah, oh my God. We need like cashews uh, and coconut milk mm. and eggs, and that's it. Yeah, I think they use a little bit of baking powder, but, like, sure, it's... I mean, treat yourself, y'all. Like, it is worth it. Yeah, it's so good. Throw some butter on there and just Uh, call it a day. Yep. If I really want to treat myself, like I said, I'm at the point where I'll have some maple syrup with it. Yes. And they serve real maple syrup, which is nice. Real maple syrup. Straight corn syrup. And they cook everything in uh, either, like, butter or lard even. Like, it's like, you don't, they won't do anything like canola oil or soy oil or anything like that, vegetable Mm -hmm. oil. So that's, 
they're using quality fats, and that is amazing. It is really tough to find in restaurants mm-hmm. because those quality fats are going to be more expensive. Yeah. Which a lot of restaurants are just trying to, you know, yep. pinch pennies because they're a business. Mm-hmm. That's why I also recommend Blackbird because they cook their food in butter. Um, other restaurants like Brasa, they cook their food in butter or olive oil, which is, you know, not the greatest all the time, but it's definitely better, I think. It's, yeah, more tolerable. It's definitely more And then, tolerable. otherwise, you're looking at really expensive places like Butcher and Boar. Mm-hmm. They only use, like, beef fat or whatever, but yep. it costs you, like, $45 yeah. a dish, so. Right. Yeah, so you got to be prepared to pay a little bit more. I, I like to say that I have uh, the budget of an uh, actor, but I have the diet of a rich white woman. Oh, so, right. You know, <laughs> exactly. like, you know, I do shop mostly at, like, co-ops or, oh, my God, the farmer's market is incredible for the summer because I can buy all of the things for, like, so much cheaper but I try to get high quality, you know, organic food if I can and local if possible. Just because it does seem to make a difference for me. Mm-hmm. When I don't do that for a, a while, I can notice it in my body. Um, if I use, like, lower quality, like, uh, oils or whatever. Right, so, yeah. right. There's that reward there. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, it's an investment that I'm willing to take on myself. Right. So. Totally. And it's, that's something that we notice. <laughs> we in rounds of like different group nutrition classes Mm -hmm. a lot of people start the food challenge and say oh my gosh I'm spending so much money Mm -hmm. and it's kind of twofold one what people notice is that yes they are spending more money up front Mm -hmm. but they're typically saving money by not going out to eat as much yeah they're they're saving food by actually eating it they're saving food by eating it and then a lot of times people and this will be where it's more individual Mm -hmm. but people recognize that if they are feeling this much better with this type of food that's coming in they might not be paying that money for the health care that they're now able to skip out on, potentially. Yeah. Yep. Right? So it, it can be worth it. it it's be, just that, that like, uh, shift in the frame of mind. It yeah. is. Yeah, absolutely. It's so worth it. I mean, like, I don't really, you know, I the things that I pay for, like, that I still, like, go to the doctor for, like, I still see my GI specialist, but only now once a year. Like, mm-hmm. I only, and, like, the last time I went, they were like, you seem to be doing really well. And I think I told you this, Lucia, but, like, I told them, I was like, I really have been doing a lot with my diet. Yeah. And they just were like, okay, but make sure you keep taking these meds. Oh. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, oh. you're like, but if someone else like me comes along, please recommend that yeah, they like, do this thing. Yeah. And I do still take medication that I feel like it's, like, a combined effort. Yep. And one day when I really feel like I'm in, like, a real true re- remission, because I feel like I still have some things that pop up. But I would say overall I'm in a, I would say, a 90 to 95% remission for most of the time. So if I cool. have any symptoms, it's very small. It's not any pain anymore. Mm-hmm. Pain is not, a, like, a thing that I, like, think about on a regular basis. Um, but sometimes I still have to go to the bathroom, like, more frequently than uh, other days. Sure. Um uh, but other than that, like, you know, it, it's clearly made an, an impact and an improvement. <laughs> what? So, like, why not do that? And maybe one day I'll, I'll you know, try to want, wean myself off of the medication to see if, like, it, it can just be all diet. But they they are like, just keep taking those meds. Sure, yeah. You know? right. And right. There, there are some, I mean, like, that's sort of the experience that um, Against All Grain has had. Yeah. Like, in that... Because does she also have UC or does she have She Crohn's? also has UC, yeah. And she's also, like... I mean, she was very, very strict, and now she's a little bit more lenient. Yeah. She's she, even a little bit more lenient about her food. Sometimes. Oh, yeah. I mean, she does She does more just paleo now. Like, she's on the paleo diet. Um, and she'll still do a couple recipes that are more SCD-focused. But, like, her earlier books are, like, mostly SCD, and that's awesome. 
Um, but she realized there are certain, because it's so individual, mm-hmm. there are things that her body can handle that maybe mine can't. Right. Or maybe my body can handle and her body can't. So you got to really advocate for yourself and, like, do, it is a lot of, like, trial and error, I will say. But kind of fun. Because, like, <laughs> I mean, like, if it's. Ooh, today I'm testing almonds. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it seems so silly. But, like, testing, like, I'm I'm going to try to test chocolate soon. Yay. And I'm very excited about it because, like, I haven't really had any for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm curious to see how it goes. And it might not go well, but at least I'm going to have a good moment of trying it. And I'm going to be excited and embrace the food that I'm going to eat with it. Yeah. And do you, when you do a sample day, do you try like five different things with chocolate in it or like eat, do you eat chocolate a bunch of times or are you just testing? In in general, when I test something new, I'll test one thing at a time and I'll just have a lot of that one thing, right. whatever it is for a day. Yeah. Um, and then I'll wait two days at least to see how it goes because sometimes I'll be fine the day after, but then the day after that, I won't be so great. Mm-hmm. So I'll give myself two days to like really see if it feels like it's processed, it's fine, I don't have any symptoms, and then I'll feel like I can introduce more of that into my diet again. Um, and again, talking to Lucia, like just like there are some things I feel like it is just like quantity. I can have a little bit of it, but right. maybe not a lot of it. Yeah, dose dependent. Totally. Dose dependent. Yeah. yeah, I think that's what I've discovered like about. Um, peanuts mm. is because I had like did a peanut peanut test and I was like oh no this mm. is bad and then I did a retest where I just had peanuts in one meal mm-hmm. and I was like oh I'm fine that. I'm yeah. totally fine so I'm like okay I don't have to worry so much yeah. about if something has because there's so much stuff with peanut or yep. peanut right. oil, oil or yep. you know peanut butter and I'm like okay I don't have to panic if if I have a little bit here and there, like, it yeah. won't make a difference. But if I'm eating it, like, in large quantities, I got to watch yeah. out. Yeah. And that's basically where I'm at, too. Like, I can go out now and know, like, if I can't get any, everything SCD, I can do the majority of it and be like, okay, so here's something that I probably can't have all the time, but I'm – this is a treat, so I'm going to have it and know that it's okay. Like, yeah. if a couple things pop – like, symptoms pop up, I know it's going to go away really fast because I know exactly what caused this, so – that, kno- nice. that knowledge is power. Yeah, like it's so how powerful. empowering. Yeah, it's how great. Cool. <laughs> it's great. Um, oh. Well, great. So catch you, I catch you at at gluten on the fritz. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lol. Lol. Um, also, people can catch you performing at the Brave New Workshop. Yes, um, at the Brave New Workshop in Minneapolis, downtown Minneapolis. We're doing a show called. Uh, Guardians of the Fallacy, Executive <laughs> Disorder. <laughs> Ew, that's great. You have a website, too, Tash. Uh, yes, tajruler.com. Yeah. Wow. Great. Okay, well, thanks again to our producer, as always, <laughs> <Taj> Ruler. <laughs> and thanks to our guest, Taj Ruler. Uh, catch y'all next time on You Have a Body Podcast. Because you have a body. You have a body. Podcast. Podcast. Bye. Nailed Bye. <laughs> The You Have a Body podcast is produced by me, Taj Ruler. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or visit noisepicnic.com for full episode information. Join in on the conversation at facebook.com slash youhaveabodypodcast. Tweet at us at youhaveabody, or find us on Instagram at youhaveabodypodcast. Let us know what's going on with you, because guess what? You have a body. <laughs>